0: I'm Michael Foster, and you're listening to It's Good to Be a Man, the podcast where we are extending God's house and Father rule by helping men to establish their own houses in strength, workmanship, and wisdom. In this episode, I reflect on man up. Do they really mean man up when pastors say it, or do they mean something a little closer to beta up? (music) Man up or be a man are phrases commonly employed by weak men and brash women to silence, shame, and manipulate a man into acting in an unmanly way. One of my favorite examples comes from the first episode of the miniseries Band of Brothers. In this scene, First Lieutenant Sobel, embarrassed by recent failures and jealous of his exo Dick Winters' growing popularity among his men, attempts to emasculate winners on false or trumped-up charges. No, sir, I do not understand. Your orders to me were to inspect the latrines at 1000 hours. From 0,930 to 0,955, I was censoring the enlisted men's mail by order of Colonel Strayer. At 1000 hours, I followed your orders to the minute. I changed that time
1: to 0945. No one told me, sir. I telephoned. I'm courted with a family that has no telephone. And sent a runner. No runner found me, Captain. Irregardless, when given a task to perform by a ranking officer, you should have delegated your task of latrine inspection to another officer. You failed to do so. Were to let such a failure of duty by my own XO go unpunished, what kind of message is that to the men? I performed my duty as I was ordered, sir. I disagree. So your options are quite simple, Lieutenant. Punishment for your offenses will be denial of a forty-eight hour pass for sixty days. Stand before me at attention. Or you may initiate a letter of appeal and request a trial by court martial. You spend your weekends on the base anyway, Dick. Be a man, take the punishment. My endorsement, sir. I request trial by
0: court martial. Did you hear it? Be a man, he said. But is that what he is actually calling Winters to do? No. Not at all. He doesn't want Dick to be a man. He wants Dick to lay aside his integrity and sit and submit. He wants Dick to know his place, which is right under the heel of Sobel's boot. But Dick is a man, and he doesn't go along with it. Users and manipulators will try to shame you into doing their will. Listen to this humorous example from Russell Peters.
2: I went to this Chinese mall. Some of you may know it. Pacific mall. (laughs) That's the wrong place for an Indian guy to go. <laughs> I saw this bag. I wanted to buy this bag. There. I go, how much? I go to the Chinese guy behind the car. I go, how much? He goes, $35. <laughs> um, how about 30 And Chinese people will never tell you no. They'll tell you no, the longest no you've ever heard in your life. Like you just said, the most ridiculous thing they've ever heard in their life. I'll give you 30 No. <laughs> No, I can't do $30 I sell you $30 Today you come tomorrow I'll close down <laughs> I'm like alright Well then give me a deal On the purse man I don't want to pay 35 bucks Okay one sec. I talked to my wife One second Thank you <laughs> I'm going, okay, you seem like nice guy. I'll give you best price, $34.50. I'm like, that's 50 cents, man. He goes, 50 cents a lot of money. You save 50 cents here, then maybe you go somewhere else, you save another 50 cents, then you have one dollar. Then you take your dollar, you go to the dollar store, you buy something else. starts turning into my money manager or something. <laughs> Let me financial plan for you. I'm like, no, what, dude, forget it. I don't want it, it's not a deal. He starts telling me stuff that has nothing to do with anything. I go, I'm leaving. He goes, hey, be a man. Be a man, do the right thing. What are you talking about, do the right thing? Maybe you don't buy the purse right now. You go some. You walk around the mall. You see something else. You don't buy. You come back. You say, "Hey, I want the purse for 34.50." I say, "No." You don't give for 34.50. Now price gone up. Maybe forty dollars. Be a man.
0: Feminized Christianity is fond of saying, "Be a man," for the exact same reason the store owner employed it. They want you to buy something, but they aren't selling a masculinity which calls men to be powerful, wise, and disciplined leaders of the church, home, and society. That's the sort of culture that they very much want to smash. Man up means something like get busy being a servant leader. It means beta up. The servant leader, the beta male, leads by satisfying the desires of those under his care. He's a caretaker, a pack mule. And modern men are very vulnerable to this sort of manipulation because they have been raised to be nice guys. Robert Glover, based on his observations as a therapist, outlines three covert contracts that invariably control the nice guy's behavior, often unconsciously. These take the form of if-then equations. If I'm a nice guy... Then everyone will love me, and like me, and women will sexually desire me. If I meet other people's needs without them having to ask, then they will meet my needs without me having to ask. If I do everything right, then I should have a smooth and problem-free world. Nice guyism is ultimately a people-pleasing performance mindset rooted in a deep fiction. Glover says, By trying to please everyone, nice guys often end up pleasing no one, including themselves. Why is nice guyism, beta males, all this stuff, why is it so prevalent? Glover connects it to societal shifts over the last several decades and shifts that cause men to be weighed down with toxic shame. Toxic shame is not just a belief that one does bad things. It is a deeply held core belief that one is bad. He's not talking about sin. He's talking about masculinity. These are men who have been led to believe that there is something deeply wrong with them because of their masculine nature, attitudes, impulses, and longings. Now, there is such thing as good shame. You should be ashamed of your sin, especially the sin of being effeminate. But let's be honest. Men are beat down. They are fatherless. And while they are in need of manly correction, they also need manly inspiration and instruction. It's easy for pastors to score points with women by beating up on men for their many failures, but it's rare for you to see a pastor do the same with women. Few are brave enough, but boy, do they love to thunder down on men. And what better example than Mark Driscoll's How Dare You sermon? How dare you?
1: Who in the hell do you think you are?
0: No doubt that some men in Driscoll's congregation needed this, but I want you to listen to how he attempts to motivate his men, especially at the end. It ties into the man up stuff, and I'll come back to it in a moment. You change
3: now, little boy. You change right now. You shut up, you put your pants on, you get a job, you grow up, and maybe one day you can love a woman. It's for men, not for boys. And those of you men who are here and your wives are suffering under your folly and failure, shame on you and shame on you. If you say you're a Christian and shame on you. If you've been attending Mars Hill and shame on you. If you've been surrounded by good men and have pursued none of them and shame on you. If you've not become a member and submitted to spiritual authority and shame on you. If you've not joined a community group so you can walk in darkness and shame on you you show up to put communion in your hands, representing the body and blood of your murdered savior, and then go put them on your girlfriend or download porn from the internet or raise your hand in a threat to your wife. Shame on you. You guys are a joke. And there's a handful of good men that are tired of picking up your mess. So you step up, you shut up, you man up, And you use all of that anger you have toward me right now to repent. You do business with God. I'm going to let you sit in this for a while.
0: Little boy, shut up. Just maybe one day. You guys are a joke. Shame, shame, shame. Shame on you. Man up. This whole thing is so precious considering the direction Driscoll went himself. Now look, I appreciated him. He was bold, to the point, and at times very manly. But ultimately, his fatherlessness manifested itself in macho-ness. And a macho man is an angry beta male that's pretty good at pretending to be a man. He must dominate weak men to feel strong. He's insecure. That's why he's good at beating men down, but struggles to lift them up. In Rocky Six, Balboa's son is having a pity party, and he needs to be corrected. Listen to the difference.
1: Who ain't gonna believe this. But you used to fit right here. I'd hold you up. And say to your mother, this kid's going to be the best kid in the world. This kid's going to be somebody better than anybody ever knew. And you grew up good and wonderful. It was great just watching every day. was like a privilege. Then the time come for you to be your own man and take on the world. And you did. But somewhere along the line, you changed. You stopped being you. You let people stick a finger in your face and tell you you're no good. And when things got hard... You started looking for something to blame, like a big shadow. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit I'm always going to love you no matter what, no matter what happens. You're my son, you're my blood. You're the best thing in my life. But until you start believing in yourself, you ain't going to have a life. Don't forget to visit your mother.
0: Good. Rocky doesn't pull his punches. He tells his son he is being a victim and blame shifting. He tells his son not to act like a coward. And his boy certainly would feel shame over his effemacy because there is nothing as effeminate as failing to take responsibility for yourself. But Rocky doesn't leave him there. He doesn't leave him to sit in it. He calls his son to something better. He's a father. He wants his son to do well, to be a man, not because Rocky needs anything, but because he loves his son. He's not manipulating. It's not naked guilt. It's inspiration. This is what the church is missing. Men, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 16, should act like men. To man up. To be a man. Whatever variation you prefer. But it's next to impossible to man up when you're a functional bastard. You need instruction to be built up. Exhorting someone to be a man who doesn't get how to be a man is very frustrating. And telling a guy to man up, but it really means beta up, is emasculating. This is why men who want to be men are checking out of the church and listening to pagans. It's why we need Nehemiahs. Listen to them. Our enemies said they will not know or see until we come among them, kill them, and put a stop to the work. When the Jews who lived near them came and told us ten times, they will come up against us from every place where you may turn. Then I stationed men in the lowest parts of the space behind the wall, the exposed places. and I stationed the people and families with their swords and spears and bows. When I saw their fear, I arose and spoke to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people. Do not be afraid of them. Remember your Lord who is great and awesome And fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters Your wives and your houses Guilt is good, it has its place Exhortation is good Inspiration and instruction is required to be a man We need Nehemiahs, not Sobels and macho men God give us fathers and brothers that will help us to be men